the Instrumentum Laborum, or the working document of the upcoming Heresy Fest, known officially as the Amazon Synod, has finally received some official condemnation from the Bishop of the Church. That condemnation comes from none other than Cardinal Walter Brandmuller, who, if you'll recall, had been one of the signatories of a document correcting rampant errors taught by Francis without naming the Pope specifically. That correction was rather predictably ignored by the Pope and by his allies in the Church. On June 27, 2019, LifeSite News published the official statement by Cardinal Brandmuller on the Amazon Synod's working document. If you don't remember, last week or the week before, I covered that working document in all of its Cosmovision-packed nonsense about communing with spirits and ordaining married men and finding official ministerial roles for women. Today, we revisit that subject, first with Car the Cardinal's official statement, which I'll read verbatim, and it's a doozy, followed by analysis and commentary. So let's get into this. A Critique of the Instrumentum Laboris for the Amazon Synod by Cardinal Walter Brandmuller, June 27, 2019. Introduction. It is truly astonishing that, contrary to previous assemblies, the upcoming Synod of Bishops will deal exclusively with the region of the earth whose population is just half of that of Mexico City, that is to say, four million. This is also a cause of suspicion concerning the true intentions which are to be implemented in a clandestine fashion. But one has to ask especially about the understanding of religion, of Christianity, and of the Church, which is the basis of the recently published Instrumentum Laboris. This shall be examined with the help of individual elements from the text. Why a Synod on this region? One has to ask in principle why a synod of bishops should deal with topics which, as is now the case with three-fourths of the instrumentum laboris, have at the most very little to do with the Gospels and the Church. Obviously, the synod of bishops with this document makes an aggressive intrusion into the purely worldly affairs of the state and society of Brazil. What do ecology, economy, and politics have to do with the mandate and mission of the Church? And more importantly, what professional expertise authorizes an ecclesial synod of bishops to make statements in these fields? Should the synod of bishops truly do this, this would be a stepping over boundaries and a clericalist presumption, which the state authorities would then have to reject. On Natural Religions and Enculturation Furthermore, the whole Instrumentum Laboris can be found a very positive assessment of natural religions, to include indigenous healing practices and the like. Yes, even mythical religious practices and forms of cults. In the context of the call for harmony with nature, there is talk about the dialogue with the spirits. See paragraph number 75. It is not only the ideal of the noble savage, as presented by Rousseau and the Enlightenment, that is being contrasted with the decadent European. The line of thought in the Instrumentum goes further, up to the turn of the 20th century, ending in a pantheistic idolatry of nature. Hermann Claudius, 1913, created the hymn of the Socialist Workers' Movement, quote, when we walk side by side, a stanza of which reads, quote, Birches green and the green of seeds, how the old mother earth extends her full hands with a pleading gesture that man may become her own. End quote. 
It is remarkable that this text was later copied into the songbook of the Hitler Youth, probably because it corresponded to the National Socialist blood and soil myth. The ideological proximity with the instrumentum is remarkable. The anti-rational rejection of the Western culture which stresses the importance of reason is characteristic of the instrumentum laboris, which speaks in paragraph number 44 of Mother Earth and of the cry of the earth and of the peoples, paragraph number 101, respectively. Accordingly, the territory, that is to say, the forests of the Amazon region, is declared to be a locus theologicus, a special source of divine revelation. There are places of an epiphany where the planet's reserves of life and wisdom show themselves, which speak of God. Paragraph number 19. The anti-rational rejection of the Western culture that stresses the importance of reason is characteristic of the instrumentum laboris. Meanwhile, the subsequent regression from logos to mythos is being raised to a criterion of that which the instrumentum laboris calls the inculturation of the church. The result is a natural religion with a Christian masquerade. The notion of enculturation is perverted in the document, since it proposes the opposite of what the International Theological Commission had presented in 1988, and of what the Second Vatican Council's decree on the Church's missionary activity, Agentes, taught. On the abolition of celibacy and the introduction of a female priesthood, it is impossible to conceal that the Synod intends especially to help implement two most cherished projects that heretofore have never been implemented, namely the abolition of celibacy and the introduction of a female priesthood, starting first with female deacons. In any event, it is about, quote, accepting the role, the leadership of the woman inside the church, end quote. See paragraph 129A3. In a similar manner, there are now open up new spaces for the creation of new ministries as this historic moment calls for it. It is time to listen to the voice of the Amazon region. See paragraph number 43. But here the fact is omitted that, lastly, John Paul II also stated with highest magisterial authority that it is not in the power of the church to administer the sacrament of holy orders to women. Indeed, in 2,000 years the church has never administered the sacrament of holy orders to a woman. The demand which stands in direct opposition to this fact shows that the word church is now being used purely as a sociological term on the part of the authors of the Instrumentum Laboris, thus implicitly denying the sacramental hierarchical character of the church. On denying the sacramental hierarchical character of the church. In a similar manner, though expressed in passing, Number 127 contains a direct attack on the hierarchical sacramental constitution of the church, when it is being asked whether it would not be opportune to, quote, reconsider the notion of that the exercise of ju jurisdiction, power of government, must be linked in all areas, sacramental, judicial, administrative, and in a permanent way to the sacrament of holy orders, end quote. Paragraph number 127. From such an erroneous view stems, in paragraph number 129, the call for the creation of new offices which correspond to the needs of the Amazonian peoples. The liturgy, the cult, however, is the field in which the ideology of a falsely understood enculturation finds its expression in an especially spectacular manner. Here, certain forms of the natural religions are positively adopted. The instrumentum laboris does not hold back from the demanding that the, quote, 
poor and simple peoples, end quote, may express, express, quote, their faith with the help of pictures, symbols, traditions, rites, and other sacraments, end quote. See paragraph number 126E. This certainly does not correspond to the precepts of the Constitution Sacrosanctum Concilium, nor to the ones of the decrees of the Church Missionary Activity, Agentes, and it shows a purely horizontal understanding of liturgy. Conclusion Summa Summarum The Instrumentum Laboris burdens the Synod of Bishops, and finally, the Pope, with a grave breach with the Depositum Fide, which in its consequence means the self-destruction of the Church or the change of the Corpus Christi Mysticum into a secular NGO with an ecological, social, psychological mandate. After these observations, of course, there are questions. Is there to be found, especially with regard to the sacramental hierarchical structure of the Church, a decisive breach with the apostolic tradition as it's constituted for the Church, or do the authors rather have a notion of the development of doctrine which is theologically presented in order to justify the above-mentioned breaches? This seems to be indeed the case. We are witnessing a new form of the classical modernism of the early 20th century. At times, Starting with a decisively evolutionary approach, one presented the idea that, in accord with the continuous higher development of man, are found also higher levels of consciousness and of culture, where it can turn out that that which had been false yesterday can be true today. This evolutionary dynamic then applies to religion, as well, that is to say, to the religious consciousness which, it, which it, with its manifestations in doctrine and in cult, of course also in morality. However, the understanding of the development of dogma presupposed this view is sharply opposed to the genuine Catholic understanding. The latter understands development of dogma and of church not as a change, but rather as an organic development of the subject which remains true to its own identity. That is what the two Vatican councils teach us in their constitutions De Filius, Lumen Gentium, and De Verbum. It is to be stated now with insistence that the Instrumentum Laboris contradicts the binding teaching of the Church in decisive points and thus has to be qualified as heretical. Inasmuch as even the fact of divine revelation here is being questioned or misunderstood, one also knows how to speak additionally of apostasy. This is even more justified in light of the fact that the Instrumentum Laboris uses a purely immanentist notion of religion and that it considers religion as the resultant form of expression of man's own spiritual self-experience. The use of Christian words and notions cannot conceal that these are being merely used as empty words despite their original meaning. The Instrumentum Laboris for the Amazon Synod constitutes an attack on the foundations of the faith and in a way that has not heretofore been thought possible. Thus it must be rejected with all decisiveness. Now, before we go any further, I just wanted to remind people that I do have a, a, a patron-only live stream coming up on Saturday it, on Patreon and Subscribestar. It's going to be about, it'll be at noon Eastern. So if you want to join, got to head over to those websites. Let's move on with the analysis. This is the first that I've seen a prince of the church use the words apostasy and heresy to describe an official act of the church. Let's not overlook something here either. Pope Francis oversaw the creation of this document and authorized its release. With the knowledge that the upcoming apostasy in the Amazon would in theory alter the document through their deliberations, which could again in theory involve rejecting its contents entirely, though I would be shocked if they did that. 
that I think is, though, the goal of the Cardinal, who is acting as a lone voice in the wilderness, crying against this paganization of the Church. It is refreshing to see a prince of the Church again speak clearly and not mince words in the slightest. He called it heresy and apostasy, which it really is. Last week, when covering the Amazon Synod document, I nearly reported on information related to this that was discovered by Julia Maloney, whose findings were published on 1 Peter 5, a source that I tragically don't often use, which is a fault of mine. In her article, The Amazon Synod's Long Game is More Radical Than You Think, the author goes into detail about the history and advocacy of the Amazon Synod's main author, Bishop Fritz Lobinger, a heretic and possible apostate who has been hailed by Pope Francis as a visionary. His goal has long been to bifurcate the priesthood, which would include the quasi-ordination of your local bank manager, bus driver, sandwich artist, and the like, as we see proposed in the Amazon Synod. Bishop Lobinger openly expects the practice called for in the Amazon Synod to spread from the Amazon into the rest of the church, because of course it will. The author, Julia Maloney, paints a disturbing picture of masses being said by the end of the coming decade in the United States with the actual Catholic priest and three lay-ordained priests, a bus driver, a bank manager, etc., all saying the Mass with the priest, and eventually saying the Mass without the priest. Imagine that. A Catholic Mass without a real priest. Maybe it's coming. It's been Bishop Lobinger's goal for years. The Amazon Synod's goal is to democratize the Church, to end its hierarchical nature, and to bring the priest down to the same level as the people. It is literally unholy, as the word holy means to set apart. That is why I characterize the modernist revolution in the church that we saw at the council as being akin to the cultural revolutions in China. Not a single revolution, but a series of them that were ongoing until a strong figure arose to put an end to the madness. For those relatively new to this channel, I don't blame the council for everything. I characterize it as the coming out party for the revolutionaries who don't share our faith. The Amazon Synod could well be the next major coming out party if the modernists get their way. I'm going to read to you an excerpt from Maloney's article. Some have called this article pure alarmism, but remember, the bishop in question has apparently been calling for these radical changes for years, and was praised recently by our occupant of the See of Peter. Quoting the article, quote, Under Lobinger's bifurcation of the priesthood, Jerry the bus driver is a distinct kind of priest who was trained through weekend courses. He dresses in his usual garb, is dressed by his normal name, and is called an elder to distinguish him from the other type of priest. Father Bob, meanwhile, has metamorphosed into an animator priest, forming all the architects and sandwich artists who now say mass and hear confessions in his place. Jerry was ordained in a group because one person ordinations perpetuate a providing church with a deplorable passive consumer attitude. Jerry is there not just to provide the sacraments until a real priest comes. He and the other part-time priests are there to implement Vatican II-inspired participation. Now a new synod called by the Pope will examine whether Father Bob can marry and whether Jerry's wife Susan can be ordained too. They said the Amazon Synod was about solving the priestly shortage. It was about permanently revolutionizing the, pr the priesthood and the Mass." End quote. I'm not really sure how these goals taken from the mind of Bishop Lobinger aren't just a new form of Protestantism. I'm really not sure how they're not. But to be clear, the article proposes what life in the church will look like towards the end of the next decade. It may accurately be predicting something that I keep saying, that the modernist revolution will continue in steps. It is the Chinese Cultural Revolution Investments. 
Cardinal Braunmuller's statement and Julia Maloney's article are both linked on the source's blog, returntotradition.org. You can find a link to the blog in the description box of this video. We should pray in Thanksgiving that a pr prince of the church has called this document and what it is, apostasy and heresy, and pray that others join him in this rejection of this open destruction of the faith. This document has no other signatories, but it does not open itself to others adding their names either. So please pray that others take a firm public stand and even more forcefully tell the truth about this situation in the church. The modernists aren't hiding their intentions anymore, and it is time for the few good and decent bishops to take the gloves off. So please pray for our bishops to find their spine and to speak the truth. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.